Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Okay, we're now going to have our message. Debs is going to bring this. The last time she was up here was in front of this rather than behind it. But uh, now, Mrs. Morton, come on up. <laughs> morning, church. Well, that leads lovely onto my message this morning. Mum was about preaching my word then. So. <laughs> so, have I got anyone in the room this morning that watches The Chase? Come on, who's with me? Who likes The Chase? <laughs> So this has been a bit of a thing in the last few weeks because um, while I've been fasting TV, um, if she was here a few weeks ago when I did the interview with Sarah and she said to me, what's the one thing that you've missed the most? And I don't know why, but the first thing that came to my mind was the chase. But we do love the chase in our household because it's on every night of the week and it's on at five o'clock and that's exactly the time that we have tea. So we've ended up, it's been a bit of a routine, we have tea, we sit down and we watch the chase. But... I'll be honest with you, I am rubbish at the chase. I'm rubbish at the questions. I don't often get them right. If there's a question about the Bible, I usually know it. Or if there's a question about a random science thing that I learned in school years ago, you know those really random things that you remember, then I might get the answer right. And then my daughter, she's just done a GCSEs. So um, if it was a history, history question... She usually gets it right. Well, she's usually having an argument with Glyn about what it... But she's usually right, isn't she, with the history ones? And then you've got my lovely husband, who knows a lot of... I was going to say rubbish. A lot of good information. <laughs> so, to be fair, he is the better one of all of us with the questions. But we have a bit of a joke every night, because every time we watch it, there'll be a question, and Bradley will start reading the question... And then Glyn will shout an answer out, thinking he knows it. And then, you know, when they go A, oh, no, it's not that one. B, it's not that one. C, oh, it's not that one. It's not even on there. So it, it doesn't always get them right. Um, but, yeah. But, the ch- so, to be honest, I got my message this morning from an episode of The Chase. Believe it or not. <laughs> so it was a few months ago now, um, I was watching watching it and there was a question on there and honestly I have searched high and low to find this clip of this the chase to show you this morning but unfortunately there's that many chases on I couldn't find find it so I'm gonna have to just tell you about it I'd Sarah Taylor looking for an hour and a half to find it as well we couldn't find it could we so this was the question on this particular night so it said in 1 Corinthians 13 in the Bible it says love Love is A, kind, B, blind, or C, all around us. So you can imagine when I saw this question come up, I actually know one. (laughs) I was getting really excited. Now, please tell me, put your hands up if you think the answer to this question is A. Come on, please, please, please. Anyone think B? Thank goodness. So as you can imagine, when this question came up, I was shouting at the screen like, what on earth is this question? Why would you not know the answer to this question? Obviously, it's A. Obviously, it's kind. And then I waited a minute, and the contestant locked her answer in. Do you know what she put? B, blind. 
So then I was getting a bit annoyed thinking, how could you not know this? Even if you're not a Christian and going to church, surely you've heard 1 Corinthians 13. Then I waited for the chaser. I think it was the beast that particular day. Now he's one of the best ones, I think, isn't he? He gets the most of them right. Do you know what he put? No, he put B as well, blind. Both of them put love is blind. So I just couldn't believe that both of them got this question wrong. And it, something just um, resonated with me inside at that point. I felt God was saying, do you know what? Actually, people don't know that love is kind. People don't, we, we take it for granted because we read it all the time. You know, when we've been in church a long time, we know 1 Corinthians 13. But actually... People don't know it out there. People don't know what love is. And I want to ask you a couple of other questions this morning. Hands up if you'd like the favour of God more in your life. Would we like a bit of that? Okay, hands up this morning if you'd want a supernatural power to be released into your life. Who wants a bit more of that? Yeah? Who would like to better themselves? Anyone want a bit of that? Well, that's good then, because I'm going to tell you how you can do that this morning. And the answer is in two words, which is the title of my message this morning, and it's be kind. Simple, eh? Well, clearly not, because the chaser didn't get it right, nor did the contestant. Be kind. And I was thinking about this, and our word for the year is be, isn't it? And we've been hearing a lot recently in the last few weeks about stopping, about the Sabbath, about taking time to spend more time with God and hearing from him. I think that's why a lot of us have done the fast and gone through that, because we've wanted to stop, we've wanted to slow down and, and get more from God, haven't we? And, but, you know, the more we do, the more we share kindness to people, the more we get from God, the closer we get to God. And in Proverbs 11, verse 17, it says this, when you're kind to others, you help yourself. So it's basically a win-win situation, isn't it? If we're kind to others, great, it blesses them, but also we gain from it because we're better in ourselves. It, it helps us. And there's a Hebrew word in the Bible. I don't know if you've heard it before. It's called hesed. And this word hesed is used 248 times in the Old Testament, and it's translated as kindness and love. Kindness and love, hesed. And this word is a really powerful word. It's actually saying that it's God's loving, merciful kindness. That this kindness, it knows no boundaries. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what, what position you are, what color you are. It's not waiting for your behavior to be right or to be wrong. It's simply saying, if you're breathing, if you're living, then this hesed, this loving kindness, is for you. Put your hand up if you're breathing and you're living this morning. Well, we're all included in that then, aren't we? So it's for all of us, yeah? And when you express hesed, when we express this loving kindness into our world, it projects favour into our future. It's easy today, isn't it, to get involved in the unkind things, to get angry, to be divisive. It's easy when it's all around us all the time, isn't it? It's easy to be unkind when you're driving around down the road sometimes, when you're late. When you're late, you get annoyed. Or is that just me? But I feel like when I'm late, there's always someone in front of me that's going really slow, and it's really annoying. And then you end up saying things that really is a bit unkind, isn't it? You know, what about that restaurant that you go to that you get some food that you don't like? 
It's okay to say something, but how are we saying it? Are we saying it in a kind way or, you know, are we being rude when we say it? God wants us to show us that his loving kindness is in us. And when we express loving kindness into our world, we're inviting God into our world. We're literally releasing his spirit. And so, you know, when I asked you these questions this morning at the beginning about, you know, whether you'd like more of the favor of God in your life, you probably thought, when I said, oh, be kind, oh, I expected a bit, something a bit more spiritual than that or a bit more meaty than that. But I, w- I want you to know that when you're kind, a supernatural, eternal power is released. That's how powerful it is when we show kindness to other people. And Jesus walked around looking for people to be kind to. And when we do the same thing, when we look for people to be kind to, Power is released. Expect power to be released. William Barclay said, More people have been brought into church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. In Jeremiah 31, verse 3, it says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And this is, this is hesed. This is this merciful, loving kindness. It's like a magnet. And what does a magnet do? It draws. And that's what Jesus has done for us. You know, when we were going our own way, when we were following things of this world, Jesus came and he drew us, didn't he? With his loving kindness. And it was his merciful loving kindness that magnetized your life into his kingdom. It was the hesed. That was the attractor. That's what attracted us. We didn't deserve it, did we? But, but God attracted us with his kindness. We've all heard of the law of attraction, attracting the right things, the right relationships into our life. In 1938, a study was done on 168 Harvard students over eight decades. So they studied them as well as 465 residents of Boston. And for these eight decades, they studied their life and their health through every year. So every year, they they checked in with them and asked questions about their life and about their happiness. And they asked them, when when they first started this study, what do you think you can expect will make you happy in your life? So as you can imagine, most of them said fame, fortune, money, status. But over those eight decades, they found there was only one common characteristic among those who experienced a lifetime of fulfillment and happiness. And that one thing was meaningful relationships. You know, we're all going to do things this week. We're all going to go to places But it's not about where or the what we do. It's about the who. You know, we'll never remember the places that we've gone to as much as the people that we've gone there with, will we? The people that we've done those things with, that's what we remember. That's what's important. And it's the relationships in our lives that matter. An act of kindness draws a relationship together. And you might say this morning, well, yeah, but you don't know about that person in my family that's really hard work, that... I really struggled with all this time. That person at work who I just really can't get on with, I've tried, I've I've really tried, but I just can't get anywhere with them. But that's why it's merciful, loving kindness. It's easy to be kind to people that are kind to us, isn't it? We can all do that. But, you know, what about those people at work that are really great on you? We've all got them, haven't we? Yeah, we've all got people that in in our own families that, you know, when we come together, we're like, oh, she there, oh, no. But how are we reacting to that? How are we responding to that? Are we showing the kindness that Jesus showed to us? 
The book of Ruth in the Old Testament is maybe a book that you've come across before. It's usually one of those books that we kind of skip past. I don't know if you've read the whole book. But this story in the Old Testament is about a Moabite woman. And basically, she married into an Israelite family. The woman was named... So the mum, she had a mother-in-law, it was named Naomi. And over the course of time, her husband died. Naomi's husband died. And basically, the family ended up dwindling down to about two sister-in-laws and then her mother-in-law. And Naomi wanted to go back to Israel. And Ruth, this Moabite woman, says, well, I'm going to come with you. And she says, oh, don't be silly, it's fine. You go back to your family, I'm absolutely fine, I'll go on my own. But Ruth said, no, I'm, I'm going to come with you. And she said, your people will be my people, your God will be my God. So she ends up going back to Israel, and they have nothing. They're, they're really poor, so they start begging from the fields. And then they come across this landowner called Boaz. And so this landowner notices her in the fields, and so he says to the workers, who's that? And they said, well, she's a Moabite woman. She's a foreigner. So actually, in those days, you weren't allowed to marry a foreign woman. It was inappropriate, if you, especially if you was coming from Moab, because you were seen as like the lower class. So Boaz sees this woman, and he says, make sure she has plenty to drink, and she can drink water from our jars. So Ruth gets wind of this and says, Basically, why are you being hessed to me? Why are you being kind? And Boaz says this in Ruth 2, verse 11. He says, I've been told all about you, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord. So what was happening here? A kindness was being broadcast. Boaz saw what she'd done and the kindness. And he said, that's the people I want, that's the kind of person that I want to be around. And so Boaz decided he wanted to marry this woman. And you can imagine the other women there thinking, oh, I wanted a piece of him. Why, how dare she come along, this Moabite woman who's been married before, and then gets the prize, gets him. You know, you can almost hear him thinking like that. But she wasn't using natural things to draw Boaz. She was using supernatural. It was a kindness. And we don't know that when we're being kind over here somewhere, how that's going to impact on a relationship over here. We don't know at the time. We don't know what that's doing. As long as we're being obedient to God and we're being kind and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, actually that can project something into the future, something in another situation. It says in verse 13, may I continue to find favor in your eyes. And sometimes we can, it's easier, isn't it, to be kind to people that we don't really know. And then we get, kind, we get unkind in our own home. It's easy, isn't it, when we're out and about and we see someone that needs help. Maybe it's not. But sometimes we can get unkind in our own home. We can get critical there. And we can do that because we end, you know, we're... We, they say we take it out on people that we're closest to, don't we? Are you comfortable? Are you doing life with every day? And so because you're doing life with those people every day, you know, you can, you can get unkind. Have you ever, obviously, you've never had an argument at home, have you? No one in here, we're all perfect. But, you know, if you've ever been in an argument at home and you're shouting at each other and then the phone rings and then you go, hi, are you all right? 
some good things for you. We can, we, I'm sure we've all done it at times, haven't we? And you think, oh, it's easy to put that on to a friend or someone on the phone. We've just been having a big blazing row about that a minute ago. But, you know, it's, it's thinking about, you know, what, what are we like in our own home? Why does Ruth have her own book in the Bible? It's not because she's done some amazing miracle. It's not because she's shut the mouths of lions or we don't read that book and think, oh, my word, look what she's done. But what did she do? She showed kindness. She married Boaz. But then if you look at the end of that book, they had a child, then they had a child, and then so on and so on. And when you go down the line of those children, do you know where you get to? King, you do eventually. Before that, you get to King David. And then, if you keep going, you get to Jesus. And just a simple act of kindness. And look what it can do down the line. Can you imagine if we did something and then that goes down the line to our kids and their kids and their kids? You don't realise how powerful this stuff is. And, you know, it's just a simple, simple act of kindness. Being hessed into people around us and it comes back at us. Comes back at us. And for the last part... I just want to talk about a well-known story in the Bible. Now, if you've been coming to church for as long as I have, and you've gone through Sunday school, then you'll know this story well. Good Samaritan. I can't, can't talk about kindness without bringing the Good Samaritan story into it. But the Samaritans were a different race from the Jews, and they both lived in Israel. They were both guilty of racial prejudice. Basically, the Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. But Jesus typically turns the tables like he does. He does the opposite. He makes the bad guy the hero of the story. And as we know, Jesus was never politically correct, was he? So the start of this is in Luke 10, verse 25. It says this, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So let's just stop there a minute. What's happening here? This guy clearly doesn't want to love everybody, does he? So he's saying... What do you mean by love your neighbour? Surely you don't mean that person that really gets on your nerves. Or that person that thinks differently to me. That person I just really, really can't get on with. He's trying to get out of it, isn't he? He's trying to look for a loophole. We've never done that, have we, with a command of God? We've never tried to get out of it or look for a loophole. I think if we're honest, we try and do that at times, don't we? Well, God, did you really mean that? Is that what you're really saying? Because actually this is a little bit hard. But, you know, when God says, this is what I want you to do, he's trying to reduce his responsibility. So then he goes on to tell the story about the Good Samaritan. Now, this guy, so he's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and this road was well known for people getting beat up, getting robbed. Um, So he tells the story, and like I say, a lot of us probably know it, three people come past. But I want to just share with you three attitudes that come from this story. These three people represent three different attitudes. And now, if you know this story, you're probably thinking, well, I know what I am. I'm the Good Samaritan. I'm number three. I'm the the helpful person and kind. But 
that's all good, but I can tell you that we can actually have all three of these attitudes in one day. So I just want to just go through quickly these attitudes that we can have. So the first one then, we've got the priest. This is the first guy that comes by. Attitude of avoidance. I can keep my distance. In verse 31 it says, A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. If I don't pay attention, then it's not my responsibility. It's a bit like out of sight, out of mind. A lot of people live this way, don't they? They think, well, if I don't get too close to that person, then I don't have to help them through their pain. Keep the relationship shallow. It's easier. I don't have to go there. Let's stay distracted. And, you know, in our culture today, it's easy to do that, isn't it? It's easy to stay distracted. It's easy that if we want to avoid someone, we can, can't we, a lot of the time, apart from in church on a Sunday. (laughs) But, you know, if we want... You think about your neighbours that you live next to. I've lived next to my neighbours for 20 years. But I could go months without seeing them. You know, in the summer it's a bit harder because you might see them in the garden. But, you know, we can avoid people, can't we, if we want to. And we don't realise how many people around us are hurting because we don't see them. So, attitude of avoidance. And then we've got the second guy. This is, I can be curious, but uncaring. And this is apathy. This is where we see the need. So in verse 32, it says, So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now I almost think this one's worse. Because if you look at the difference between the two guys, the first one, he just walks over, walks past, and just walks past on the other side of the road. This guy actually goes over to the place where the guy is, has a bit of a nosy, oh, what's happening down there, and then still walks off down the road. And notice that both of these two are religious people. You know, being religious doesn't make you kind. And, and like I say, this is worse because he's uncaring, he sees, but he ignores him. Now, you might be sitting there today thinking, that's definitely not me, there's no way I'd do that. If, if I saw somebody over there and actually went over to them, of course I'd help him. But then, let me just ask you a question, because I was thinking about this. Do you know, have you ever drove down the road and saw an accident on the side of the road? And you've gone, oh, what's going off over there? And then you've seen, like, an ambulance pull up, and you're like, oh, slow down, slow down. And can you see all the traffic slows down, doesn't it, to look at the accident over there? Now, have you got any intention of stopping and finding out if they're okay or helping? Have we ever done that? I don't know, I haven't. I can can be nosy and see what's going off, but I've not actually thought, right, I'm going to see, actually, do those people need help over there? And we can't, we don't always do that, do we? Curiosity stares, but kindness stops. And we can do that sometimes. We can look and we can be nosy of what's going off, but are we doing it to help that person or are we just doing it because we just want to have a little look, like the Levite did? What did Jesus allow to interrupt him? What was he willing to stop for? We only have to look through the New Testament, don't we? And almost every miracle in the Bible happens as a result of an interruption. Jesus allowed people to interrupt his day. You know, you didn't see the blind man come up to Jesus and say, oh, hang on a minute, mate. Pete and John are waiting for me in the boat. We're just about to go fishing. It's really inconvenient. Can you come back? Actually, no, not tomorrow. Can you come back Wednesday, please? Because 
I'll be, I'm to doing communion tomorrow. We don't see it, do we? Jesus allows himself to be interrupted. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What, what stops you? What, what allows you to be interrupted? Because we all have busy lives, don't we? We've all got diaries that are full and things that we're doing and people that we're seeing. But do we ever change that? Do we allow Jesus to come and give us an opportunity to, that we need to help someone? What about that phone call that we get in the morning that's like, literally, if I do this now, it's going to disrupt my whole day. But that person needs us. Do we stop? Do we let that person interrupt our day? And do we do some kindness there? In Exodus 23, verse 5, it says, If you see the donkey of someone who hates you has fallen under a heavy load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and offer to help. Now, in this scripture, we're not talking about a donkey of your best friends. It's someone who despises you. Like I said before, we don't get a loophole. We don't get to say, well, actually, I don't mean that person. Everyone else I will be, but that person, that's just too hard. No, Jesus commanded us to love everybody, to be kind to everybody. And it's not easy, is it? We're honest, we're humans. It's not easy. You know, we're always going to have people that are different to us that we don't get on with as well as we get on with other people. And that's fine. But, you know, how are we reacting in that? How are we being in that situation? It's easy on a Sunday morning, isn't it, to come in and, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. We're all good friends. And but what about in the week? You know, what about when we get a phone call on a Monday morning and that you've got your day planned and somebody's gone, oh, I really need help with this. Do we stop? Do we slow down? And then thirdly, I can show kindness. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. How do we become a kinder person? Well, it's simple. We must see. We must see the needs of people around us. He looks. He's aware. He begins with seeing. We can't care until we're aware. Do you like that one? I thought that the other day. <laughs> we can't care until we're aware. Kindness starts with our eyes. It sees the needs of people. And we don't have to look far to see the needs of people, do we? Wounded people are around us all the time. No one goes through life without wounds, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's relational, whether it's spiritual. We don't always see them because the person might be hiding them. Or we don't see because we're in a hurry. Life is busy. We're, we're always in a hurry, aren't we, with something. Hurry is the death of kindness. When I'm in a hurry, I find it hard to be kind. I get annoyed when I'm in a hurry. Do you? Is it just me? But you know, when you, you're rushing about, you don't see anything about but what you've got to do, do you? Because you're busy. You're rushing. The slower I go, the more I'll see. I can't be bothered if I'm busy. I, I, honestly, I can't be bothered. If I'm busy and I'm doing something, I, I, can't, I can't see the needs of others because I'm, I'm busy with what I'm doing with my day. So if I want to be a kind of person then, I need to figure out how to slow down. And, you know, some of us are naturally good at this. Some of us are naturally good at being kind and slowing down. My husband is the most kindest person you'll meet, and that's partly why I married him. But, but 
I know I can honestly say that he, when we're out and about, he will see the needs of other people, things that I don't see. And I was thinking about this. It was only a few weeks ago when we went shopping, and we was in Lidl on a Saturday. Worst place ever. I hate shopping at the weekends. If we can avoid it, we do. But this particular day, we did, a, did our shop, and then we had to go in B&M because you can't have the coffee from Lidl. We get most things from Lidl, but the coffee, no, it has, to be, it has to be the proper coffee and you can't get that in Lidl. So we have to go in B&M just to get the coffee. So, you know, when you're in a rush, I just want to just go in, get the coffee and get out. So we, we go into B&M, walk down the aisle, I look round, what's he doing? He's like, there's a woman over there, she can't get these things off the shelf, I'm going to go and help her. So I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> So he goes over, helps this woman. Still in my mind, I'm in a rush. I want to get this coffee. Let's get out. Ten minutes later, he stood there having a chat with this woman by this whatever he's helping to get down off this aisle. And it made me think, though, because I, I was busy. I wasn't bothered. I would have walked past that woman and not even seen that she needs help because I'm in a rush. I'm getting coffee and I'm getting out. Done. That's it. But actually, if I'd have slowed down and I was aware of what was going off, like my lovely husband, I might, you know, I might have stopped and saw it. That woman was having a chat with Glenn. It might have been the only person that he spoke, she spoke to that day. And so we've gone out of there with a coffee. She's gone out. Oh, someone's helped me. I've had a chat and it's made her a day. But I'll be honest, I didn't see that because I was in a rush and I wouldn't have seen that. And it's, it's about being aware, isn't it? of who's around us and slowing down to, to get those moments. And we also, we need to learn to sympathise with others' pain. How do we become more sympathetic? Well, we listen better. You know, sometimes love is just listening. It's not trying to give advice. Sometimes we think like we have to give advice to people, don't we? Sometimes people just want a listening ear. They just want to vent off what, what's happened on that day. I, look, I just need to speak to you. You don't have to do anything. You don't need to have the answer. We just need to stop, slow down, be kind, and listen when people want to talk to us. And this guy, this Samaritan, when he was going down the road, you know, he didn't have a first aid kit. He had a bit of oil, and he had a bit of wine. He used what he, has in, what he had in his hand at the time. I don't know if I'd have used the wine. I might have used the oil. I'd have been struggling to get rid of my wine. But, but you know, which, which one of these are we? I started ask, you know, off asking you, would you like the favour of God in your life? Would you like the supernatural power to be released in your life? And we all said yes. Well, let's try and make it a habit then to be kinder to people in our world. There's people that need it. And like Mum said earlier, it's not all about preaching the gospel. People don't want to wear that all the time. They want to just see people that will stop, slow down, see someone and be kind to them. And that can mean more than anything else to people. Our souls are nourished when we're kind. You know, let, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, Kate was talking about last week about our scent and about our smell. Have we all been smelling good this week? You know, have we been helping? And when she said that, I thought, oh, that's what I'm talking about next week because I'm talking about the seeing. God's speaking to us through the senses that, you know, if we see and we look and we're aware of what's going on to help people, then naturally we're going to have that fragrance. 
we're going to be able to, we're going to smell nice to people in the world, and they're going to want to spend time with us. And then through that, hopefully, they'll come to know Jesus. So my challenge today, I just want to leave you with that, as we go through this week, you know, just pray and ask God, is there, is there something that, you know, I can do this week to help me to be kinder to someone else? What am I going to allow to interrupt my life this week? What am I going to stop for? God, show me what you want me to stop for this week. But I tell you, if you pray, you know what will happen. You'll do it. You will be in a situation where you're going to have to stop, where you're going to be interrupted. But look at Ruth. Look at the line that she passed down. Through just showing a bit of kindness, it passes down, it passes down, and we don't know what effect it's going to have. Amen? Amen.